and welcome to And Then We Fought a Dragon. And then we fought a dragon. I'm Becky. I'm Des. And we're here to chat about some D&D. We're here for campaign two today. Getting back in it with Brenna and the crew. Gonna have some fun. And uh, I have some exciting non-D&D related news today. I got a job offer today as of filming this. Not today as of you listening to this, but yeah. I'm very excited. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't worked since December 2019. So it's going to be an adjustment. (laughs) But should be exciting and fun. But well worth the wait, right? Yeah, I hope so. It's a job at a museum, which just feels like an environment that I am pumped to thrive in. I'm I'm excited about it. Very exciting. Yes. Let's get into the D&D part of things, though. So uh, for today, I'm going to pass over to Des to chat a bit about, remind us where we were in the last session, and then I'll let you know what happened this session, which was a very exciting session, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, then we'll chat about it a bit. So take it away, Des. I'm really, I've been anticipating this, because we're a little little bit behind in what not that we have like any sort of set set schedule but usually we record a little bit sooner after Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't able to happen yeah this Um, one was a week ago now yeah I've been sitting on it (laughs) (laughs) and also I think that like right when you finish the session you texted me being like oh my goodness so (laughs) the the curiosity has been there um as far as notes go Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, like, they don't make sense, really. Cool. <laughs> but um, let's let's get into it. So yeah, we'll figure it out. There's a snake fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then I just wrote hogtied and looted and a tough inter- <laughs> interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really going simplistic on the notes this week. I think. <laughs> That is one thing I've noticed between the campaigns. The other campaign, I'm a yeah. little bit more detailed. With this oh. one, it's kind of vague for whatever reason. Maybe it hasn't been long enough. Maybe. Like, you have to learn how to take notes that are yeah. relevant, right? Yeah. So, anyways. Tough interrogation. Um, <laughs> death rings. Yeah, those were not fun. And then I just wrote, got the things Narnia snot style. <laughs> and then you went on a shopping spree. Yeah, I mean that—that's really it, right? Pretty much. Like, there's a few other ones, it, like invisible knockout. But truly, that yeah. one's even more difficult to explain. <laughs> but I think you get the gist of what happened. Yeah. It was intense. You got some stuff. Some yeah. people died. Well, some snake people died, and yeah. you went on a shopping spree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't care about those snake people dying. <laughs> I don't. They're gross. they're bad I guys. Like them. Yeah. No, we don't like them. I don't like how they 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 vary in um, aesthetic. <laughs> I need too creepy consistency in the weirdness. <laughs> well, maybe this is the extent of the different versions of them. Who knows? Hopefully, we won't come across someone like 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 a mermaid snake, <laughs> like a snake bottom and a human top. Anyway, <laughs> or like two snake legs. Ooh, yeah, that would be worse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving on now. Okay, so this session, this session we started at the morning after, 
what had happened last session. So it's the morning at the Cinnamon Pearl, eating our delightful cinnamon bun breakfasts, as we do. And it's the day that we are going to sail off to Shinusa, to the southern continent, where we're going to hopefully find Salvain and the Price daughter, who've presumably been kidnapped by slavers, and, and get them back, be the heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a lot of details at this point about where we're meeting Cassandra at the docks because she's taking care of arranging a ship and whatnot for us. So Glenn uses his little sending stone cell phone thing to ask her about deets. And she said she's still kind of arranging things, getting a crew and whatnot, but we can meet her down at the docks anytime. So we finish up our breakfast, head down to the docks. And as we're starting out, we hear a little familiar voice say hello. And we turn and see a halfling and rabbit's foot is just hanging out being like oh there you are and having seen the rest of the party and not having seen brenna is like oh so i guess you're salvain right and i was like yeah (laughs) hi and he says he wants to have a bit of a chat with me he's disappointed i didn't show up the other night at the broken keg when he wanted to make me a job offer so right yeah yeah. I was so confused. I, I was trying to place. I was like, I right. know like his purpose, but anything after like I didn't remember that part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's bummed I didn't show up. Um and wants to chat with me. And so I'm I'm kinda curious what he's got to say. So I, I said that I'll chat with him as long as we stay in sight, even if we go out of earshot with the rest of the party, because I don't want him pulling anything. I'm a little sus of his motives. So he pretends to be all offended about that, but is totally fine with it. So we go a little bit down an alley to have a bit of a chat. And again, he says, you know, he's disappointed that I didn't come to meet with him because there's a lot of work for someone like me especially someone who's not with the faceless and I'm kind of playing it dumb like what do you mean someone like me like a like a spellcaster <laughs> and he's like oh bullshit <laughs> and he knows that Brenna is a changeling he makes it clear and um he wants me to work for their gang he says there's a lot of money in it like platinum level money which one platinum is a hundred gold so it's a lot of money it's it's a good offer yeah and I tell him, like, oh, I'm kind of already running with a crew at the moment, so I'm not really looking for solo work. But um, who are these faceless people that you uh, are talking about? And he's like, oh, you don't know who the faceless are? Well, that's really surprising. Maybe I'll tell you if you come meet with me and hear my job offer. Well, I'm going away for a few weeks, but maybe when I get back, I'll meet with you and chat with you. Because I want to know who this faceless group is. And clearly, there's some changelings running with them. And I don't think Brenda's ever met another changeling, or at least not knowingly. So I'm kind of interested. I said, okay, I'll, t- I'll touch base when I'm back. And he's trying to course you. Yeah. This is getting this is getting a bit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why do you want me so much? Jeez, you're obsessed with me. <laughs> that's like a mean girl's vibe Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he asks my name because I refused to tell it to him last time and uh, I tell him my name is Mariah which isn't a total lie because Mariah is the name that Brenna went by as a child so he knows her as Mariah at this point and we'll we'll see where that goes from there he went on his way and we continued on 
down to the docks, I explained to the others what he'd asked for and asked them if they knew anything about who the faceless are. Yeah. Kind of curious. And they didn't. So what good are they anyway? Just kidding. And (laughs) (laughs) you're all useless. Uh, Should have taken that job offer. (laughs) And so we went to the docks and they're packed full. It's a busy day. As we're walking through, we see this tall kind of tan guy with sailor tattoos carrying a crate who notices us and then like runs up and gives Mako a really big hug. Mako is our Triton paladin. And this apparently is Roland, an old sailing friend of his back from his hometown. And this guy, Roland, and his sister, Isabel, are sailors and they're kind of in town. And apparently Mako saved their dad's life back in the day. And so they're, they like him. He's, he's their fave, essentially. And they're in Havenport doing some deliveries. But once they've dropped those off, they're just kind of looking for work around the area. And he invites us back to the ship so we can all meet Isabel, his sister. And as we're heading over, I kind of asked Mako just quietly, like, are these the kind of people that we could hire to bring us to Shinusa and, like, not need the people that... Cassandra's hiring like are they good folks make it a better author or something like that and Mako's kind of debating it he's not quite sure like they've never been to Shinusa before these two and so it might be a big ask for them and Viper kind of listens in is like oh yeah that's a good idea we could bring these two people and then trade them for Salbane and the Price Daughter with the Yanti and we're like um no (laughs) wait we're not trading Mako's friends to the slavers. That's not the plan. He's like, oh, sorry, misread that. Okay, never that's, mind. Oh, uh, no, that's really funny because I could just imagine him being like, I have the best idea ever. <laughs> this solves like, all our problems. <laughs> everyone's what? No. no. <laughs> oh, I thought, it was, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, exactly. So we are not considering selling Mako's friends to slavers, just to clarify. Um, But we figure, you know, it might be more worth it to go with Cassandra's crew. Because again, she's hiring someone who's been there before and they're being hired on behalf of the King family. So they're probably pretty good quality because they're a rich family. Who knows? But we, we get up to the boat. It's a good size, a little bit of a smaller boat. They're just two people kind of thing. Single mass ship. Its name is the Seahawk. And Isabel's excited to see Mako again. And there's introductions all around. She considers herself to be the captain of their ship. Ron seems to kind of be the, the muscle of the ship, I suppose. And Glenn kind of tests the waters and asks them what their thoughts on, like, for work transporting people like us to the southern continent and they've never been there before like Mako said but for Mako they'd take us there for free all we have to do is bring our own food we're like well okay team hub this seems like a pretty good offer do we want to travel with Cassandra's crew or do we want to travel with Mako's friends for free and then we were kind of worried like will Cassandra be offended if she spent the whole morning searching for a crew and a ship and suddenly we're like hey JK never mind we don't need your help we got this And Viper's like, no, it's all about the way that you tell her. You just gotta, like, sweet talk her that we're doing this for her convenience. So Glenn pulls out the sending stone and is like, okay, you can tell her that. And gives it to Viper. And Viper basically tells her something like, oh, we know this search must be really taxing for you. So don't worry about it. We got this. We'll find our own way across. So we've made other accommodations or something. And, uh... 
we didn't hear her response, but it didn't seem like she was offended. So I guess that worked out. There's and... a big difference between for sure not being offended and not seeming offended. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if we do the job, she doesn't care that much. So we'll see. But we decided to go for free with Matto's friends because why the heck not? So we went out to buy some for some reasons, but whatever. They seem pretty cool. We like them. And uh, also, like, out of character, but still in the framework of the game, Mako is a sailor, is part of his character build. And sailors get free, like, ship rides. It's part of their feature. And so our DM just kind of wanted to create a reason for why these random people are giving him free ships. So it's, here, you have some friends who are in town who are going to give you a free ship ride. So they seem pretty safe. Yeah. Okay. Well, context helps me. (laughs) There's some context for you. (laughs) So we went food shopping because it's about a three-week journey. So we need to bring some dry rations with us. And while we were out, I became of a mind that I wanted a spy glass because my goal in life is to be a pirate. And I'm about to get on a ship and having a spyglass seems like it would be very appropriate, but spyglasses are really expensive. So I found a drunk sailor who had used his last money and couldn't afford any more drink and wanted some more drink and had a broken spyglass. And so I gave him like five gold for his broken spyglass and was like, cool, thanks. I'm a pirate now. We'll see if Glenn can fix this for me. <laughs> and I'm a pirate. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine it just is like, cursed object or something that would suck don't give rtm any ideas oh yeah i'm <laughs> really trying to make things not go well for you i mean i'm so happy for you yay thanks <laughs> so once we got back to the ship and we're ready to kind of head out i kind of brought my new spy guest to glenn and was like do you think you can fix this because he has a magic cantrip called mending and so he was pretty sure he'd be able to and he was gonna get to it when he has a moment kind of thing so i've left it in his capable hands to mend for me as best he can for the time being. And we headed to sea. And during that day at sea, we kind of heard the story of how Mako saved Rollin Nisbel's father when they almost got shipwrecked in a storm a couple years back and their father was badly injured and was kind of like bleeding out over the course of this night after they'd been shipwrecked. And early the next morning, they encountered Mako, who was out fishing. And he was able to heal their father and kind of escorted them back to safety at his town of Westcliff and helped them fix their ship up so they were back all good and like they owe him big time kind of thing. Their father, his hand never fully healed, so he kind of stayed at Westcliff sort of in some retirement. He liked the city. And Rollin and Isabel have continued the family business with sailing and doing deliveries and things. Mm-hmm. But they're big fans of Mako is the main vibe. Which is good, because we got him on our side. So that's yeah. <laughs> and over that day one, most of us were doing pretty good. Glenn got a little seasick. He's he's a bit of a land boy. But the rest of us, a few of us, Brenna, Nathaniel, and Viper, decided to get some sailing lessons. Because we're on a ship. What a great opportunity. And mm-hmm. learn to be pirates. And Nathaniel and I were learning pretty well. Viper was struggling a little more. He wasn't as into it. Um, and Sumi was distracted with basically airbending. She has a gust cantrip and was blowing into the sail to kind of give us a little more momentum to hopefully cut some time off of the journey. So she was busy, but helping the journey along. Mm-hmm. And Mako was singing some sea shanties, you know, keeping spirits up. 
And day two, Glenn was feeling a bit better. We're now out on the open ocean. We can't really see the shoreline behind us anymore, which makes us, you know, a little uneasy. We're quite a ways from everything we know at this point, or most of us, at least. And sailing lessons are a little harder today. I'm kind of sore, you know, I got some calluses from yesterday. It's it's not as fun being a pirate, maybe, as I thought it was. But if pirate I really... life is maybe not for you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I want the I want the fun of the pirate life, not so much the handling the ropes. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but about a week goes by pretty uneventfully. And on the morning of the tenth day, Mako kind of gathers us all around breakfast and informs us that he seems to have the plague and he's broken out in some warts on his shoulder and seems to have gray wart. So if he got infected way back at Reeves warehouse, that very first night that we encountered the husks, he's now been infected for 17 days and gray wart tends to kill within like a month to three months kind of thing. So we're starting to reach danger zone with that. And we are obviously like 10, 14 days out at sea, not really near anyone who has the kind of spells you need to cure the plague. You need greater restoration spells, which are pretty high level healing spells. And this is the version that's spread by touch. And he's been, you know, touching all the same ropes and things as we have which is a little concerning. So we're like, well, do we make him wear gloves now? He has the suggestion of like, maybe we should cut off his arm and shoulder and Glenn can make him a metal version. And then he can just like become Bucky Barnes of this D&D campaign. But we're a little concerned. Do we go back or do we keep pushing on to Shinusa? Cause we don't want Mako to die, obviously. So we ask Viper about the cleric situation, the healing availability at Shinusa, because he's from there. So he knows it a little better than us. And there's lots of clerics there because it's a very physically aggressive place, but they can be very expensive because obviously there's high demand for them so they can charge outrageous prices. And payment doesn't necessarily have to be money, whatever that means. So if we find something else of value, that could be exchanged for healing. So it's possible, but it will ill cost us. And Mako decides he's gonna make the call. He doesn't wanna turn back. He wants to keep going to Shinusa. He will figure it out when we get there. And so like- If he makes it. Well, he should make it. We've only got like a week and a half left kind of thing, ideally of the journey. So he should make it, but like we'll need to get on it as soon as we get there kind of thing, which is, a little stressful, but it's his life. So if he wants to push forward, I guess we're going to respect that and and push forward. And then we're all kind of a little nervous. Like, do we have symptoms? What's going on here? So we all do a, some medicine checks to see if we have symptoms. And I rolled a natural 20. So I am 100% confident I did not catch the plague when we were in the warehouse that time. Oh, good. So that's good. Whether or not I caught it from Mako while on the ship recently, a little too soon to tell for mm. symptoms. So I'll have to keep an eye out. But I did not catch it the 17 days ago when he presumably caught it. Uh, the others checked theirs as well. Sumi is confident she's not infected. Glenn is pretty confident. Viper's not really sure. So we'll have to keep an eye on him. And Nathaniel wasn't there at that time. So he's all good. Oh, lucky him. Lucky him. <laughs> And Viper suggested that, hey, maybe once we get there, we can just 
get Mako to infect the young tea, they die a slow and painful death, and then we get our slaves back. Perfect. Uh, no, that's gonna take I feel way like too long. needs to take a break from suggestions. <laughs> he's he's learning, I think, but I think that was more of a joke suggestion. I don't think he genuinely was suggesting that. He's trying to make light of, you know, a bit of a scary situation to bring some levity. It's valid, but still, his suggestions yeah. are less than valid. I think <laughs> they stress me out. <laughs> well, we, we didn't accept <laughs> that one, which is good. And we kept going. Over, over these last few days, I've been using one of my second level spells, Enhance Ability, to kind of give Sumi some extra juice in her gusting. And Glenn has been doing a lot of magic work on the deck kind of thing. And he seems to have a tattoo that sometimes appears on his face and like moves around. But we haven't really asked about that yet. So gonna have to touch base on that one. There's, there's so many different like characteristics of these characters yeah. that I like. Like with Nathaniel. And... Orange flag? Orange flag? <laughs> yeah, like, you're just like, what is, okay, I just, guess I didn't see that. <laughs> but yeah. when is it all going to come to a head? Like, when are you all going to be like, hey, guys, maybe we should actually be a little bit on, like, you're keeping secrets, obviously. <laughs> when are we all going to be we're, oh. we're feeling each other out, seeing how much we can trust each other, and then one day we're gonna have like this big campfire chat where we just get it all out in the open, you know? I don't, I don't think you guys are feeling each other out. You are just, you're just existing, yeah, like in a way where it's not obvious enough that people should ask questions, but it's not yeah. subtle enough where people are not noticing something. We're currently else. at like the new co-workers stage where we're just kind of feeling the rhythms and then eventually as we become friends, we'll start to get all like the goss and the backstory and stuff from people. It's coming. It's coming. I'm not so sure. I think this whole campaign is <laughs> going to be full of secrets. Three of, on a literal sense, three of the people in this campaign are past co-workers of mine. So we've been through this. We've lived this in real life. Yeah, but there's a lot of secrets. There's a <laughs> lot of secrets. Well, we'll see. We'll see what comes to light. But as we're sailing this day, suddenly the boat like jerks to a complete stop. Like for seemingly no reason, just completely dead in the water. And I've been in the prow, kind of looking out ahead, living my pirate dreams at the front of the ship, and had to, like, catch myself to keep from falling into the water. Mako does fall into the water, and the others are kind of, like, stumbling, catching themselves a bit, except for Sumi, who's really, really well braced from having been doing her gust at the sail. But, like, what is happening? And then these tendrils start to rise from under the boat and there's like these super wet gelatinous tentacles surrounding us. There was three of them, I think. And it was time to roll an initiative roll because we're going to need to fight these things. Mm. <laughs> Not vibing. <laughs> and no, I'm just like, I feel like you guys are not in sync enough to have, Every time this bad stuff happens and you don't really 
mesh more than the last time. So it just feels like you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, let's see what happens this time here. So Sumi goes kicking and punching. She's a monk. So this is a physical fight and sort of thing at this nearest tentacle. Nathaniel's shooting off some spells near his. Viper has his crossbow out. He's shooting one. And the tentacles start like grabbing and grappling people and trying to like pull them off the boat. And they're doing acid damage. Like they're mean. And Nathaniel's already almost unconscious. Like he He's lost a lot of hit points. Mako manages to climb out of the water and casts a spell to help Nathaniel not go unconscious. He casts Sanctuary, which will protect him for a bit. And Glenn is casting some spells. He casts one uh, fairy fire under the boat because he notices seemingly there's like an entity under the boat where these tentacles are coming from. They don't seem to be individual things themselves. So he's trying to target the the big thing, whatever that is. And I did a spell, my chaos bolt at the tentacle that's like holding Nathaniel. And it, it drops him into the water. Oops <laughs> on that one. And so I gave him a quick healing spell as he was going down. And like I said, you guys are not coordinated enough for this. <laughs> we just need to smarten up. <laughs> I, I didn't plan ahead with that one but hey at least I gave him some healing that's good and uh, seeing what Glenn did with targeting his spell under the boat Sumi also targets her next spell under the boat and casts some thunder wave down there Nathaniel manages to crawl back out of the water and onto the boat and cast a spell blessing some of the rest of us which will give us some additional dice to use with our attacks and the tentacles try to attack us again. They're trying to go for Sumi and Mako and for me. But they only managed to hit Mako, did some, some damage on him. And Glenn at this point pops out his little nurse spot because it becomes apparent we're going to need the little nurse spot. Mm -hmm. And it gives some of us some temporary health. I'm not in range at this point, but some of the people who really needed it are. So that's good. And seeing what Glenn and Sumi did with the spells under the boat, I'm going to try that too. So I shoot a thunder wave down there as well. Send some inspiration over to Sumi with a classic sea shanty. I, I did a wonderful rendition of the Wellerman. You know, <laughs> soon may the Wellerman come. It was great. It was, it was wonderful. Having a good time while fighting and hitting this big old tentacle monster. And as we're fighting, one of the tentacles hits me and grapples me, doing some double damage and I go unconscious and suddenly I don't look like Brenna anymore <laughs> and where Brenna is somewhat like tanned and has wild brown curly hair suddenly I'm almost like translucently pale with long white hair and I seem to have grown taller though it's hard to tell while being grappled by a tentacle and I'm unconscious so Mako what a good guy dives straight into the water to give me some healing and bring me back to consciousness. And it's kind of like, hey, you died. And also, I think you came back as a different person. Okay. And on my next turn, I managed to like break out of the grapple of this tentacle holding me and just like climb back on the ship. Thanks, Mako. Okay, bye. And I ran back up to the prow and I'm just like hiding under this big crossbow that we haven't used that's kind of attached to the ship up there, just kind of catching my breath. Cause like, I just died. And that's a lot. And during that moment, Sumi and Nathaniel and Viper managed to kill the remaining tentacles and the ship starts moving again. And we're all okay, maybe. And Sumi comes over to check on Brenna, question mark, and like kind of asks, hey, are you okay? Is this the real you? 
And I was like, I mean, that's a bit of a complicated question, but I guess technically, yes, because I don't choose to look this way. It's it's the default. And um, she kind of asked if I wanted to like come out or like go down to, to my room below deck. And I was like, no, I'm okay. Like personally, I've been in shock before. And the last thing I wanted to do was move. I just was happy to sit and just be in, in a bubble. So Brenda's just like, I'm going to sit here for a bit. And then maybe we can talk about it later. Maybe. Okay, thanks. Bye. You haven't changed back. You're still. I'm still looking very, very pale and not myself one might say. And so Sumi's like, okay, that's fine. And heads back to kind of man the sail again. And Glenn's tattoo has been moving around with every spell he's cast in this process. And she kind of notes it as she's walking by and points it out with some frustration at like all the secrets that are going on. And Viper is climbing down from his vantage point at the mast. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure by now you've noticed that, uh, my fur has a slight purple hue. <laughs> She's like, you guys suck! <laughs> and that's where we ended session for the day. <laughs> so Sumi's got you, girl. It's fine. Sumi will get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I can't. You can. It's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, it's, I, like, we established at the beginning the humor in this campaign. is definitely. <laughs> I love it. It's so okay. much fun. <laughs> Viper, I'm a little annoyed. Not like cracks me up. I think yes, so funny. But I, I just, I like knowing things. But I'm not, I'm not like a nosy person. Right. So I'll just sit there waiting, but yeah. just getting more like someone else ask, please. Yeah, like a little frustrated, and I feel like it's not like. He's just, ca- he's causing roadblocks by making more things confusing without. <laughs> but he's also done some helpful things. Yes. Like, I mean, as much as the weird gonorrhea moment was weird, it was effective. It yes. got us what we needed. As much as like his strategy with sweet talking Cassandra, <laughs> a little weird, but it worked. Yes. So he's, he's uh, managing to muddle his way through. <laughs> he's also definitely not the everyone I am equally <laughs> I just think Viper's Viper's taken center stage at least in this session, but everyone (laughs) equally is causing me a little bit of stress. Well, slap for everybody on the wrist there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So, yeah, that was um, quite the session. Yeah. It's the first time any character of mine has been knocked unconscious. So, that was a little nerve wracking. For sure. Yeah. This session, was it shorter? Because it was on a different day. Yeah, it would have been. I can't remember the exact times, but yeah, it was a weekday evening. So we didn't have the luxury of going for a really long time. I didn't expect it to end that quickly. It felt yeah, like, that's it feels more like your um, other campaign. Yeah. Shorter, but yeah. deep breaths. Goodness <laughs> me. Yep. The battle with the weird sea glob is over. You really went through it. Well, yeah. you're currently going through it. There's yeah. no resolution at this moment. No. Wow. <laughs> and there's some added trauma that I think Brenna is currently going through. So, um, spoiler alert for any party members listening to this. You get some backstory spoiler here. 
But um, the face that Brenna wears, Brenna, the persona, um, isn't an original mask. It's based completely off of her childhood best friend who died quite tragically in front of her. And so the fact that she's now wearing that face and has now died, I think is probably a, a bit of a PTSD flashback moment, one might say. And there's a bit of a crisis happening there. Her PTSD has now turned to CPTSD. Yeah, real she's... complex. <laughs> real complex. <laughs> Not to make light of that. Yeah, no. Yeah, so uh, there's there's some added levels of trauma going on there besides just the just died for the first time just died wearing my dead friend's face for the first time great goodness yeah it's kind of heavy like Mm -hmm. obviously there's funny parts but this is I think it feels like all the like secrets being kept it's there's a lot of heaviness right the secrets secrets seem like kind of like oh I have a secret but it's like there is some stuff There's going reasons on that they're being kept close yeah i am curious about the tattoo me too i suspect it's just like something to do with where he gets his magic from but i don't really know how that would kind of be manifesting itself i guess it's like a it's, i think like because it moves around that's what's the really yeah. curious part yeah if it was just like a tattoo that appeared that's like oh yeah that makes sense that's like mm-hmm. What is it? Maybe it's a Disney fairies. Maybe. One of them has like a symbol. Or maybe it's like Barbie fairytopia. <laughs> nice. Anyways. Um, I have a birthmark that appears when I am upset or angry. Ooh, it's and your magic tattoo. It literally is. That's <laughs> how people would identify because I wasn't very expressive. They would identify because I get a heart right on my nose. That and sucks like, because that's like a cute mark, but in like an angry moment. So it's the opposite of what you want to be showing up. I literally look like a Care Bear. Care Bear, that's literally. That's there what. you go. Um, I Yeah, I want to know about the tattoo and yeah. I guess the purple fur, but. Well, the purple fur we've known about the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's just the color he is. But I just, why? Why does he say these things? <laughs> because he wants the attention on him. <laughs> um, okay, wow. Well, I, I guess we can just we... We kind of recap. But Yeah, let's read your notes. <laughs> um, so you evaded coercion. Yes. There's Maybe a lot of pressure there. <laughs> Um, one thing I made a note of this whole campaign, or at least this part where you're traveling, but really the whole campaign to me feels very much like Bloody Jack. Like, oh, yeah, so much like Bloody Jack because nothing ever goes right in Bloody Jack. Dude, Brenna's Jack, literally. (laughs) I mean, oops. (laughs) Well, is it Bloody? It's Bloody Jackie. No, it's Bloody Jack. Yeah. Yeah. But she goes by Jackie. Yeah. I have not read that series, obviously, in probably... When was the last one I read? I think I the last book, and I didn't even finish the series because it yeah. never ended. But I think it was when I was, like, 18. Okay, yeah. I'd probably have been, like, 15 or 16. But I didn't get very far in the series. It was a little scandalous for me. I was a little shocked. 
it's, it's a very scandal. Oh my yeah, it's content warning for that series. If you look into it, there's a lot going on. I think, oh, how fun would it be? Like, I don't think I could emotionally handle reading those again, just because yeah. they were, I was so invested in it mm-hmm. as a child, literal child. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I have the mental capacity, but wouldn't it be so fun to have like a, uh, breakdown like podcast with Rachel and I mean Elizabeth read them um that'd be so fun oh my god there's some other friends of ours who got into these books anyways tangent on yeah highly recommend this series with not starting when you were 13 years old yeah no not no but it's so exciting oh my gosh but this campaign this campaign is very bloody jack so yeah. so much like what yeah. I like that. So um, next, you you met some old friends and got a new ride. Yep. Um, you got a spyglass. Yeah. But it's uh, pending use. Yeah, it's broken. Like you can see through it, but it doesn't do the actual like bringing far things closer. It's just it's just glass. <laughs> so. There's no spying. No spying. <laughs> just glass. Um. I wrote, it's a pirate's life for me, because that's essentially what you guys jumped into. 100%. They're yeah, not actually totally. pirates. I should no. clarify that. I mean, well, Brenna doesn't know that. I rolled to check if they were pirates, and I rolled like a five. So maybe they're pirates. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, it's fitting. It is a pirate's life for me, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you found out the the plague is on board yeah who has it again i don't know mako mako right yeah the train so the plague is on board and like high pressure situation yeah he's wearing gloves currently to keep the touch surfaces you know high touch surfaces clean (laughs) yucky yeah um but also sad and i hope you i don't know we like strongly considered turning around i would say but having to keep the mindset that turning around at this point would literally mean giving up on trying to recover Salvain and the Price daughter. Like yeah. At that point, we wouldn't be able to track them through Shinusa. And I think that's the reason Mako didn't want to go back. He doesn't want to have to give that up. So we'll just, we'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Hopefully. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just wrote so many secrets. <laughs> just without you and sumi both man (laughs) raging against the secrets it is a bit for me to be that frustrated is a bit weird so i don't know exactly why maybe i i feel because we're doing two campaigns i definitely feel like obviously i'm it's just me but this is not real none of the I have to remind myself, none of this is real. But I've taken on, like, different personalities Mm -hmm. towards each campaign. And it is a bit out of character for me not to be frustrated. I'm constantly frustrated in every aspect of my life, (laughs) real or fake. But to be so curious Mm -hmm. and, like, nosy, that is very out of character for me. Kind of fun, though. Yeah, it is. I get to (laughs) role-play in real life, but not actually have to role-play. Yeah. Um... Little does everyone know, I'm always role-playing. None of this is real. <laughs> Surprise! Um, and then there was a tentacle attack. Yeah. Did you ever find out what it was? 
I guess probably not in character, but there are these things that I forget the name of them. They're like globs and they just like eat matter of any kind. And so it seems like these ones just kind of like jellyfish, like spread themselves out on the surface of the water and then things come into them and they're like, <laughs> and like Venus flytrap, we are going to absorb you now. So we were being absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you made it out alive. Well, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> almost um and then yeah i just wrote ghost brenna <laughs> yeah i guess that's appropriate with all the whiteness really i'm a ghost now surprise <laughs> so that's unfortunate and i'm definitely i mean cliffhanger yeah ten. sumi's gonna make us all talk about our feelings next session <sighs> You need to. Everyone <laughs> needs to. Everyone needs to be a little bit more honest with each other and themselves. That's I. That's valid. Except for Viper. Maybe he needs to be a little <laughs> less honest. Poor Viper. <laughs> Maybe he needs to just take a We're step. heading to his home country, though, so we need him to, like, tell us what he knows. No secrets. I, there's no doubt that he will <laughs> not tell you what he will. He will express that. Yeah. Freely. <laughs> Should no. be a good time. I I like all the characters. I'm not trying to pick on anyone in particular. Um, but yeah, I'm glad everyone you know made it out alive. You almost killed Nathaniel. Maybe that was like payback. I didn't like <laughs> almost kill him. I didn't hit him or do any damage. But I was sort of hoping the tentacle would drop him onto the ship rather than drop him into the water. You may have not done intentional damage, but you were fully the cause of his. But. Nathaniel is played by my husband, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> As of right now. Yeah, what would happen if I killed this character? Then it might not be fine. <laughs> we just spent way too much time together. You had to die. <laughs> I just have to, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I can go there. Uh, yeah. You, you won't. Um, not that I'm implying I want you to kill. Anyways, never mind. I won't go there either. I love my husband dearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was exciting. It was. Yeah, I think I had texted you after campaign, just like all caps, like this session though, or something yeah. like no context. Yeah, and I was. I I don't even think I replied because yeah. of other. I wasn't going to tell you anything. But anyway. yeah. <laughs> just like I was like okay well I'm ready then and I don't think I was quite as ready as I should have been but I was prepared for weird things to happen yeah so you guys have like sorry well with the Brenna going unconscious our DM had suddenly our our DM had DM'd me (laughs) that's weird (laughs) our DM of the game had sent me a message because I had forgotten, but he remembered, like, hey, you're unconscious now. Do you change back? Because I had forgotten that the character with changelings, once she's unconscious, she does revert back to kind of that default setting. So it was kind of that moment for all of us of, like, oh, yeah, she does change. This is going to be more of a moment than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a little a lot. Now I have to like reintroduce my character basically, tell everyone like I did here, like what how her her features have changed with what she looks like. Yeah. She's pretty intense. Yeah. Version. She's she's tough. 
You have like 10 more days that left at sea, right? Something like that. Yeah. I don't remember the, I should check the exact numbers. This is, I don't know if I've introduced my notebook for this campaign. It has narwhals on it because Brenna would like to be a pirate. So her ship one day, she'll be the narwhal is my plan. But I think we were, let me check. Um, yeah, we are 10 days out and it's probably like a 20 or so day journey, possibly shorter because of the gust stuff that Sumi has been doing. So we've got a few more days to be keeping eyes on Mako and hopefully it's not like spreading all over his body and stuff. But yeah, he like can't feel that area anymore. Like if he scratches it with a knife, he can't feel anything. It's just completely dead shoulder, basically. So he's got leprosy. Yeah. Very leprosy-like, definitely. Yeah. Well, I hope the last half of your journey is less eventful, but it's not like the adventure is going to stop once you arrive. Yeah. I mean, at least we can look out for sea globs now. That we know those are a thing to look out for. But it's going to be intense on land as well. <laughs> With the dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crazy craziness. I'm excited. Out of game, Sumi and I have decided, the player for Sumi and I, have decided that um, we want our characters to tame some dinosaurs, and we will ride dinosaurs through the country, and therefore no one will challenge us, because we are dragon or dinosaur tamers, and have dinosaurs at our beck and call, and everything will go really smoothly with our little pet dinosaurs, and it's going to be great riding our little raptors around or whatever. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Gotta roll some good animal handling checks there. Uh, I wish you the best. <laughs> nothing could possibly go wrong. No, nothing could go wrong. <laughs> well, so we roll some dices? Yeah. Okay. What color you want? That not going well at all, but I'm not going to. Losing limbs and things? Surprise. Yeah. The entire party is Bucky Barnes now. We all have metal limbs. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay, let's roll the dice. Um, purple. Purple and teal it is. All right. Here we go. Two. Oh. But the two is right beside the 20. So, like, it was almost good. Yeah, but it's still not good. It's not. We haven't been rolling great lately, honestly. That 20 jinxed us. Ever since the 20, we've been rolling terribly. Rude. Let's not dwell on it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> ah, so there we are. Two more weeks till we find out what happens with the gang. Yay. Yeah. Excited. Should be good. So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast today. And I uh, hope you have a good rest of your weekend or rest of your week if you're listening to this at the beginning of the week. And uh, yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.